It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We soldier along despite crossover Thursday being our normal feature in this particular part of the week. No crossover Thursday this week because the Washington football team is on by and not playing until next Sunday against the New York Giants. We are brought to you, as always, by our friends at Pepsi. That's right. You know the deal by now. Pepsi is your only drink of choice on game day. Thursday night football, Saturday all day, college football on Saturday night, NFL Sunday and Monday. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. No matter where you watch the season, I can't wait to watch from my couch. I'm so excited. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. All right, we'll start with uh, news from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Now, he hadn't put this on his Twitter, and I did not see it on television, but I'm going based on um, Jordan Asri, who is a a young, up-and-coming, aspiring reporter, journalist, uh, who I've talked to and gotten to know a little bit at Jordan A-S-R-I, at Jordan Azri, uh, used to be at Skins Today, uh, but he's had to change his Twitter handle a couple of times. Either way, he's always got good information, uh, and he always sees a lot of things. Uh, so I'll take him at his word for it. Uh, but he tweeted late on Wednesday night, Dwayne Haskins' camp would reportedly welcome a fresh start if Washington were to find a trade partner per Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Now, again, Jeremy Fowler did not actually put this on his Twitter, so I should caution you. I don't know if it was misinterpreted somehow, but I doubt it. Uh, Here's what I will tell you is Dwayne Haskins and his agent, David Mulligetta, certainly have every right to desire a better situation for them, one that they feel is befitting his talent or his skill set. A coaching staff that theoretically is not trying to draft him because they're trying to sell tickets or um, they're trying to, you know, market or because of a pre-existing relationship, as it were, with Dan Snyder and Snyder's son and Haskins from Bullis High School and all that stuff back when he was drafted. They want basically a coaching staff that says, hey, you know what? We like this kid. 
We want to develop him. We want to work with him. We want to be patient with him. We have some security. You know, you look around the league and you look at what coaching staffs have security and what coaching staffs could could potentially use a quarterback to develop. You know, like one of the situations that you would think, right, is Jacksonville. The problem is, is Jay Gruden's the offensive coordinator there, and he could very well become the interim head coach. Not going to happen. What about a team like Chicago, right? Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky. Could they? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, what about a team like Miami, right? They're going to Tuatunga Viola. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick's upset. Eh. Buffalo. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. Josh Allen's kind of been struggling a little bit off and on the last couple of weeks against more premier opponents. Could that be a situation? Maybe, but if Ron Rivera gave up on Dwayne Haskins, I mean, what message does that send to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean who know Dwayne has or who who trust Ron Rivera and know Ron Rivera very well? Uh, and, you know, hard to see that. Hard to see that. What about Dallas? Dak Prescott, obviously not under contract next year, coming off of the compound fracture. Uh, We saw what happened to Andy Dalton last Sunday. Ben DiNucci is going to be the starting. What about Dallas? So there are situations out there that could make some sense for Dwayne Haskins, right? Okay, so maybe they find that team that's willing to take him on. That's just one component. One component. What we're also then talking about, and which is why I just don't believe that a trade is coming, not this uh, trade deadline, not during this season, is you have to find the team that's willing to take him on, but also a team that's willing to pay compensation for what Washington would want for 2019 number 15 overall first round pick. I mean, again, a year we're we're talking a year and a half ago, right? We're talking a year and a half ago. Even if Washington is done with him, and Ron Rivera has said he's not. But we all have to remember that just because they say something doesn't mean they mean it. Now, I don't know for sure whether Ron Rivera would have any room left to give Dwayne Haskins a shot. I I would tend to doubt it unless he has no other choice. But I don't know for sure. But I feel like this has been heading to divorce court for a while, right? I think everybody feels that way. But that doesn't mean that Washington's just going to give him away for a bag of potato chips, right? If you look at Josh Rosen, 2018 first-round pick. Now, Arizona stupidly traded up from 15 to 10 to get him and gave up the 15th overall pick, a third-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. So they really had to get something for Josh Rosen. So they peddled him to Miami before or as Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray took over the next draft. So again, his second, I mean, at least Haskins a little bit further removed uh, from that. And they got a late second round pick for Josh Rosen. And Rosen subsequently was 
uh, not able to handle it, the job in Miami, benched. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. They draft Tua Tonga Viola, and Josh Rosen gets cut at the start of or at the end of this camp and winds up on Tampa Bay's practice squad. Okay. So they fetched a late second round pick for Josh Rosen. Now, again, it's a little bit different because A, Rosen was a number 10 overall pick, Haskins number 15. Plus, there was no trade involved to get Haskins. There was a trade involved, a trade to move up by Arizona for Rosen. So do I necessarily expect a late second round pick? No. But could I get a third round pick? I I mean, I don't think Haskins is worth a third round pick. I wouldn't pay a third round pick for him. But is that what the market holds? I don't know. Are there enough teams that like him? that want to develop him, that want to take a shot on him? I doubt it, but maybe, maybe Washington can squeeze a third-round pick. I'd be surprised if it's a second-round pick, quite honestly. Hey, if they can get a second-round pick at this point, get it. Take it. Do it. The problem, when we also expand the argument, between trying to find a team that's willing to take on Haskins with a six-day COVID protocol, with the normal time it's going to take to learn a system, terminology, um, mechanics, a building, chemistry, all that stuff during the middle of a season when teams don't have time to work with guys that aren't playing. The problem is, besides that and the compensation, you also have a situation where Washington would have to pay dead cap money, right? So he's under contract, obviously, for this year and two more years as a rookie first-round pick. For Washington, as best I can figure it out, via overthecap.com and using the standard trade salary rules, they would incur a dead cap money hit of $8.5 million approximately by trading Dwayne Haskins. Well, you say... How does that work? Well, here's how it works. 2021 and 2022, he has a $2.126 million salary proration, part of his guaranteed money, right? Plus, he has guaranteed base salaries of $1.805 million in 2021 and $2.46 million in 2022. Again, fully guaranteed money. That money is going to be paid regardless. First round pick. 15 overall, quarterback, all that. So when you trade a player, you get what's called a dead cap money hit, basically the same as when you cut a player. That's owed guaranteed money. And in this case, you have the 2.126 million proration for each of the next two years, plus plus the 1.805 million and the 2.46 million in salary, Because an acquiring team would basically acquire his salary, Washington could offset some of that roughly $4.2 million uh, because an acquiring team would be taking on the salary as as far as, you know, that's a grant. But if they were to cut him, for instance, you would get, Again, a dead cap charge of approximately $8.5 million. 
if you just trade him, what it looks like is right now on the surface about $4.3 million in terms of dead cap money. All right, so that's not as bad as I originally thought. What you also have is the Alex Smith situation, right? So this is Alex Smith's final year of his contract that's fully guaranteed. But he's got signing bonus proration from his guaranteed deal that he signed with the Washington football team. And if you move on from him pre-June 1st of 2021, you're going to have to take on about $9 million worth of dead cap money. So you could be looking at, again, approximately $13.5, 14000000 million, a little bit lower than I originally thought, but $13.5, $14 million worth of dead cap money if you choose to move on from Haskins via trade and, and via um, and, and Alex Smith. And again, Haskins, if he's traded, that's the best thing for Washington. If they have to cut him, then they are going to have to pay that salary unless it's offset down the road. So again, it's a tricky situation here as we kind of balance this back and forth. And I hope you guys are still with me uh, in terms of me explaining this because it is complicated. So just because they want a fresh start and just because everybody's tired of it and nobody thinks he's going to work out, even the Dwayne Haskins defenders, doesn't mean that it's a snap of a finger decision. There's a lot of issues here that have to be worked out. All right, so that's that situation. Um, When we return, let's hear from Scott Turner here at the midway point or the bye week break, seven weeks in, seven games in, nine to go. And then we'll finish up with some offensive numbers for his unit, and they're not good. That's all to come right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. All right, once again, guys, it is Chris Russell for our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the only place you should go and think about going for all of your auto parts, whether it's a car or truck, foreign or domestic, new or old, whether you want something vanity or whether you need a fuel pump or you need a new muffler or whatever it might be. If you need something for your car or truck, you go one place and one place only, rockauto.com, and you can do it from your recliner. You can do it from your couch. You can do it from your office chair. Hell, you can do it from bed for all I care. Just, you know, just we don't need to know about that part. Just go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. You'll never pay a premium just because you're just a regular person. They'll never give someone else a discount that they won't give to you. You'll get the same fair treatment across the board, no matter whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or whether you're a mechanic or one of their buddies. Trust me, guys, rockauto.com is the place to go for all your auto parts when you go there. And there, how do you hear about us, Fox? Uh, typed on, type in locked on so they know we sent you. Rockauto.com, the place for you to go to get anything you need for your car or truck. Tell them we sent you. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, right back here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Let's hear from offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Um, how would you assess your offense's play yesterday and how effective was Kyle Allen leading that offense? I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't catch that question. How would you assess Kyle Allen's performance yesterday? Is that kind of the the turnover-free efficiency that you want to see from him going forward? Yeah, I think Kyle did a great job. You know, uh, the big plays um, early in the game were really great. I think they set the tone uh, for what we wanted to do offensively. You know, um, it's really kind of the way we want to play. I mean, he threw for 100 and I think something around 130 yards in the first half. Uh, And then in the second half, you know, we were doing such a good job running the ball that, you know, we, um, you know, we didn't score as many points maybe as we'd like to, but we we kept the ball away from their offense um, and moved it. I think he made a, a lot of really good decisions. Um, you know, third down was big for us. He was not, we were nine of 15 um, as a team. You know, there was a couple sacks. I thought the, the two sacks we had, the offensive line did a great job protecting him. Uh, I think the two sacks, he could have got the ball out of his hand. I really would have liked to see a, a zero sack game. Uh, that would have, that was very possible with the way that we were blocking up front. Uh, but, you know, overall, I thought Kyle did a nice job. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Um, just out of curiosity, you mentioned last week that you expected this team to have a big offensive performance. You didn't know when, but it was going to happen at some point in time. And you talked about your optimism. How do you move forward and take advantage of the weaknesses that other teams have? You did such a good job against the Cowboys, their run defense, the third down defense. How do you move forward and do that with other teams? You know, our focus is really just on us and getting better. And, you know, we're say, we've been saying that um, and it's hard. You lose five games in a row and you know, we're two weeks of remove from having a, you know, as bad of a performance as you can have on offense where we had barely over a hundred yards against the Rams. And, you know, it's a credit to our guys. Like I said, we got a lot of young guys um, and they're hungry and they want to be better and they want to, you know, they want to play well, but they want to have careers in this league. And, you know, they, they come to work every single day and they really, you know, uh, bust their butt to get better. Um, and we've been, you know, I felt like we had a great week of practice the, go, leading up to that Giants game. And then I felt we like we had even a better week of practice going into this game uh, against the Cowboys. And, you know, obviously we got to buy and we can get some guys healthy and take a little bit of break. I mean, this has been a tough year on everyone, I think, with with all the circumstances. Um, but the message stays the same. And it's just to, to come to work and, and, and work to get better. And then you see the results um, that that we saw yesterday, you know, I think everyone was really excited by the way we played as a team, Um, you know, not only our offense, but, you know, special teams and defense as well. And, you know, we just got to build on that. And it's not always going to, stuff's not always going to come up that way. Um, We know that this is the NFL and it's tough, but, you know, just the the attitude of, hey, working to get better, you know, we'll get to where we want to be. This is just a really quick follow-up. You mentioned having more people come up after the bye week getting healthy. What can this offense do with everybody available when they just did what they did with the depleted wide receiver ranks, the left side of the line not necessarily being healthy? What can you guys do with more players available? You know, I, I don't know. I think time like time will tell. Um, you know, but I I just like I said, I think we just keep getting better and we'll 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 continue we'll continue to improve, you know. Uh, look at a guy like Antonio Gibson, you know, he I just 
I looked it up. He had 33 carries in his whole college career. He had 20 yesterday, you know, so um, you, you're talking about someone just really growing as a, as a football player. And that's just a small portion of what we have. So, you know, we're, we're not going to put any, you know, limitations on, on us. We're just going to work and, and try to be as good as we can be and play our best, play our best football in December and January. Scott, Cam Sims played quite a bit yesterday. Um, what ways did you try to get creative in using him? And, and what have you seen from him? It looked like he was doing quite a bit, especially in motion to help set up a number of big plays. Um, just what, what have you seen from him? You know, uh, I, you know, we talked, we talked, um, I'm sorry, I talked the offense about Cam. You know, it's a, it's a testament to uh, this league and kind of what it's about. You know, he was obviously cut. He was on the practice squad. He did a great job getting popped up on special teams, um, made a big play at the end of the Giants game. Obviously, we weren't able to finish the game. And then, you know, because of the situation, he started and he, and he played a lot. And he just he, he played Z receiver for us. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything. He just filled in and he was a Z receiver. And I'm not even sure his, his snap count. Um, but he was out there a ton, had a big 22-yard catch, did a great job blocking, like you said, with the pre-snap motion, stu motion stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, you don't know when your opportunity is going to come in this league, uh, but whenever you do, you make the most of it. And then the reward for doing a good job is an opportunity to do, to do it again, you know, and, and Cam's made the most of that. Hey, Scott, Heather McDonough, NBC4. Um, sticking with the wide receivers, uh, what did you know about Terry McLaurin coming in um, to this team and how much have you seen him grow on the field as a leader? Certainly we saw the performance yesterday, many of his other performances this year, as well as his moment in the locker room um, that I think resonates, certainly looked like it resonated with a lot of the players and coaches. Yeah, I think that was cool of Terry. You know, he's a young guy, um, you know, obviously watching him from, from afar last season. Uh, I remember him coming out, you know, we, we evaluated him. Uh, you know, we, we liked him, obviously, uh, the Washington was able to draft him um, when we were in Carolina. But getting here, he's been a pro from day one, and he works uh, with our – we have a really good receiver coach, Jim Hostler and uh, Drew Terrell, and, you know, they're on Terry and pushing him every day to be better, um, to, you know, refine his craft as a route runner and not just, you know, do everything based on pure ability, which he's got a lot of. And, and he's, he's a serious guy. Um, you know, like I said, like the rest of our guys, he comes to work every day uh, to try to better himself. And, you know, he's performed well. And for a young guy like that to step up and speak, I think that means a lot because people know, you know, what Terry brings to the table. And when someone like that talks, who doesn't necessarily talk a lot, it gets people's attention. Hey, Scott. Um, going back to Antonio Gibson and the success you guys had yesterday, maybe because of necessity, you had to use a lot more of those two back sets with JD and Antonio. How much more comfortable are you guys using those sets and how much did that contribute to some of that success yesterday? Yeah, I mean, that's something we talked about, you know, with the injuries at receiver. Um, you know, I kind of hinted to that in the uh, last week when I talked to you guys of just, you know, we're going to do whatever we can to get our best 11 on the field. Um, so we did a lot more uh, of that. And I think, you know, we'll continue to mix those personnel groups going forward. I mean, J.D. Uh, McKissick, obviously, he had averaged seven yards a carry, had some big catches for us um, yesterday. Uh, Antonio, you know, we've already talked about, you know, his big day rushing for, you know, whatever it was, 128 yards and a touchdown. Um, a lot of that is, like I said, the offensive line. I think all five of those guys did a great job blocking up front. Um, but we every week, you know, we look at uh, – you know, what's the best way to, to use our guys, and we'll continue to do that. With Antonio, was there a run that stood out to you more than others to show his growth? 
the touchdown run was, you know, was a great job offensively by the team. You know, he, he hit the hole and he finished. Um, it was kind of like, you know, there was a couple runs where, you know, they weren't necessarily blocked as well. And instead of getting tackled for one, he, he broke a tackle or kept driving his legs and got four or five. And, you know, that just makes it so much easier as us on offense of being in a second and five situation, or let's say we were in, you know, second and 10, we get to a, a third and five situation. And those are the runs that you really like that don't necessarily show up on the highlights, but those are the ones that enable you to get a first down and then get more of the big plays. So, you know, we talked, I talked to the guys about, um, you know, protecting the football. We talked about uh, creating some explosive plays, which we were able to do. And then we talked about converting third downs. And I said, if we do all three of those things, we're going to run the ball well. And we did all three of those things, and we ended up running for 208 yards. Hey, Scott, you just mentioned uh, the play action. I was going to ask you, how do you think you guys were able to sort of marry the running back concepts with play action this week compared to some of the previous weeks? Um, you know, the, the big thing was, you know, we had, we had some play action early. Um, and then as the game went on, we just continued to run the ball. Well. Um, so we kept them off balance, you know, and those play action passes, you know, you get to the second and fives or you run them on first and 10, you know, they're a lot more effective, you know, when the defense is, is worried about both, you know, we, uh, you know, some, some of the games earlier in the season, we run some of those same concepts, but we were getting more shell, uh, or two high looks and the defense are staying deep and just, you know, making us take checkdowns, um, which is fine, you know, but obviously we're trying to get the ball pushed down the field a little more. And I think you saw us able being able to do that yesterday. And uh, obviously you guys had a change at left tackle yesterday with uh, Cornelius Lucas in, in there. Uh, in training camp, it looked like he was kind of struggling a bit on the left side. What, if anything, did you guys do to sort of help him over there? And what, what are you able to take advantage of with him at left tackle uh, yesterday. You know, I think, uh, you know, Big Luke really, really played hard. You know, he fought uh, the whole game. Uh, those are some really good players that he went against. We're talking about Alden Smith and uh, Demarcus Lawrence. So, you know, him battling, um, you know, we always, you know, try to help our tackles, especially once we get an obvious passing situation. I shouldn't say always. A lot of times we tried. Hey, Scott, it's Chris Russell. Um, now that you've been through seven games and obviously it's been a lot of downs and ups and a kind of a mix of everything, how would you evaluate your unit in terms of how it's gelling coming together? Is it just kind of still on, on maybe the, uh, the first floor and still a lot of room to grow? Or would you say it's kind of halfway up to the penthouse? How would you kind of evaluate that? You know, we, we really live our, our lives on a week to week basis here because every um, it's, I know it's a cliche deal and you guys are probably going to give me a hard time about it, but you know, it's 16, one week seasons for us. And um, you know, we want to get better each week, you know, kind of, like I said, um, it's hard for me to, you know, we'll look back after season and really look at it. It's hard for me to say exactly what level we're on. Um, I think we played about as, you know, I mean, we, we can play better. We missed some plays yesterday, but we played pretty well offensively. And I was really happy with the way um, that we able, we were able to, you know, throw the ball down the field, uh, run the football and, and convert third downs and, and protect the ball. You know uh, you know, we could have finished in the red zone a couple times a little better. Um, but overall, you know, it was a pretty good performance. And I think that's something that, that we can really, we can really build on um, going forward. It's hard for me to say, I'm sorry, I didn't directly answer your question. I, I don't know exactly what level we're on, but I feel like the elevator's going up. That's a good way to answer it at the end. Okay. <laughs> sorry, it was a bad question. No, you're good. You're fine. No, it's fine.
Hey, hey, Scott. Uh, you know, you were talking about the practice of the Giants week and the practice of last week. Is there a moment or have you seen it in other teams, too, where everything kind of clicks uh, the stuff you've been talking about for a few weeks that finally you know set in? Yeah, I mean, you know, it. it... You could say that. I mean, I maybe like, you know, this first half, I mean, we played a clean first half. Uh, I thought we played good in the second half too, but obviously we were able to finish in the end zone um, three times in the first half. And, and it really, you know, you know, at halftime I said, Hey guys, this is us. This is what we want to be, you know, and let's finish the game. Um, so that was good. You know, that was really good to see, but this league now, I mean, as soon, you never got it figured out. I mean, you, you go play another game and you know, stuff could not go your way. I mean, we're going to fight as hard as we can to not make that, to have that not happen. But, you know, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, you know, the path to success isn't a straight line. Um, but you got to, you know, push through the tough times to, to get to the good ones. And um, so to me, like you, you never you never say, hey, we got it. It clicked. You know, uh, you just wanted to continue to try to get better um, and work on the things that you're not quite as good at. Um, kind of the same big picture question, but but for the building and the culture, you know, one of the things Ron's talked about is changing the culture. Do it. You know, you, you saw it in Carolina, what he wants things to look like. Can you maybe evaluate? how far you guys have come as a coaching staff of, of implementing that culture and maybe are there things you see uh, around the building or in meetings that indicate to you you're getting there? So, you know, obviously with all the COVID stuff, um, we're pretty isolated as far as like our football unit. Um, we didn't get to have an off season. So more like more often, like in a typical year, you're kind of around everybody else in the organization. We're not, you know, it's just kind of the football people. Um, so the, I'll answer this question the best that I can. The people that we have, um, as far as the players, our support staff, and the coaches are some of the best people I've ever been around. Uh, so as far as that culture is concerned, it's as good as, as I know. Um, and that's been the way that way as soon as we walked into this building. So I think that, you know, Coach Rivera sets the precedent there, um, and we all kind of follow his lead. But we got really good people working in this building. Hey, Scott, we hear a lot about, you know, Logan Thomas being kind of young and learning the position. But for you as an offensive coordinator, I wonder, uh, could you kind of help us understand where he's at in the timeline, I guess, of his development or where, you know, how how he could fit into being, you know, the number one tight end in your offense going forward? Yeah, I think Logan's getting better every week. Uh, Coach Pete Hayner does an outstanding job with him. Um, you know, he's always Logan's a big athletic guy. He can really run. Uh, he, he can catch the ball. Um you know, he's been working on, you know, being, a, you know, hands catcher, all those types of things. Uh, but just naturally, he's a good athlete. Uh, the blocking, he's always been willing. He's a tough guy. Uh, he's getting better and better with his technique. Um, but Logan's a good player for us. Obviously, I had a big day yesterday. It was a national tight ends day. I didn't know that until I was watching highlights, but it was good. He got the got the touchdown. Um, again, he he's another guy that's continuing to get better. But um, you know, he's really working at it. Uh, he takes, you know, he takes his job very seriously and I ex expect him to continue to improve. Um, you know, he, he, um, you know, he's, he's an efficient player and he, he's productive. Um, and that's what we need him to be. All right. Once again, that is Scott Turner, offensive coordinator of the Washington football team. Come back and finish up, put the icing on the cake next right here on the locked on Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, so guys, Thursday night football, Saturday college football, 
Sunday afternoon, Sunday night football. You have nothing to worry about. The Washington football team is off for the weekend. You can enjoy, no stress. You can bet a little bit. You can have a little fun. But the one thing you have to do, the one thing you have to do is have your ice cold Pepsi Cola ready in the refrigerator on ice. A little lemon, a little lime, give it a little citrus twang to it, and enjoy your football. That's how I'm going to be doing it this Sunday because, again, the Washington football team is off. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through your game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. Guys, it's made for those who watch it, which is you and you and you and me. Pepsi, made for football watching. Why don't you go check out madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card all right we finish up the locked on a washington football team podcast let me give you a couple of quick numbers here uh, for washington and their woeful offense Uh, some statistical research that I did, and I have the full uh, story up with all the full statistics via NFL GSIS at SI.com. They're 61.9% in the red zone, which is just a hair below the NFL average, which for them is really, really good. I can't tell you, well, I've I've told you for the last couple of years how bad, how atrocious Washington is in the red zone. Normally, terribly atrocious. Um, as a matter of fact, the, the previous four seasons, 2016, which was the year after they last made the playoffs, and, um, you know, they actually won uh, eight games that year and choked and, and could have made the playoffs again, 45.90% in the red zone. That bumped up to 54.35% in the red zone. 2017, this is converting touchdowns on red zone opportunities. Went back down in 2018 to 52.5%, and then under 50% last year at 48.78% in 2019, but still higher, ironically, than in 2016. So again, it's it doesn't always show you exactly how many wins, obviously, but it's not a good sign when you're sub 50% by any stretch, okay? This year, again, at almost 62%, just a hair below the NFL average entering week eight. That's that's a significant improvement. Makes a big difference. The problem is they're still not good in goal-to-goal situations. They failed Sunday fourth and inches from inside the one. Um, They're well below the league average on goal-to-go. That's got to improve. Inside the 10-yard line, got to improve. Third down is another big area. Now, because of recent success, they are – much higher than they were. Originally, through the first five games, they were 20 of 67, just under 30%. Last two games, they're 17 of 30, 56.5%, which brings their overall number up to 38.14%, which is 
way better than it was in 2017, 2018, and last year was sub-30%. So they are, thanks to the last two weeks, overall for the first seven games, much better than they have been the last four years. We'll see if that trend continues. All right, all of those numbers, including points per game and how far behind they are there and yards and rushing yards and all of that stuff at SI.com. You can go check it out there. We'll do a little bit of the defense and hear from Jack Del Rio on the next episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you uh, with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Please spread the word. Adios. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.